Oh, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. Listen, the world is about to party, but I'm telling you, the party's already started. Woo! They've been preparing for one week. One week they've been preparing. They've been interviewing. They've been, I've heard everything from, I'm thankful that my kids get a chance to find out. I'm thankful that our team is here. I'm thankful that nobody's arrested me yet. <laughs> this is the night to give thanks to the Lord. He has something special and something planned for us. And I have a word of God. I want you to turn with me in Ezekiel chapter 37. I want to talk to you about a valley of dry bones. I want to talk to you tonight about a place that we need revitalization. How many know what I'm talking about? We need the power of the Holy Spirit tonight in our life, no matter what we do, no matter who we are. The title of this is, Lord, We Need Your Breath. And I can't believe we sang about it. I know they probably be prepared for that, but it was cool. But pastor, thank you for this opportunity and Jeannie for allowing me to, to be in this pulpit that I have respected. Sir, you are a man that is, is a godly man and I thank God for you, pastor. Pastor friend, thank you, thank you. But this passage of scripture is pretty unique and I wanna dive into it because I wanna get you out to your parties so you can go home and party. What a great weekend with our young people. I'll tell you, I thank you for the opportunity to preach. And young people, you are amazing, and God moved in over 30-something salvations and rededications and empowering that. Don't wait for your parents. Just do not wait for your parents, young people. You set the example as, as those before. This is your day. Jared, this is your day. In the name of Jesus. It says Ezekiel 37, verse 1. It says, the Lord took hold of me took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to the valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor, and they were scattered everywhere across the ground. They were completely dried out. And then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? You know, it's amazing when you're with the Lord, and out of nowhere, God asks you the question. How many have ever asked God a question? How many of you ever waited for God to ask you a question? Or have you ever been in a place where you've listened to God ask you a question? Here's Ezekiel standing there and he's looking to this valley and all of a sudden God asks him a question. Can these bones live, uh, become alive again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. Exclamation point. That means there's some punch there. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm about to put breath into you and make you alive again. That's a powerful statement. How many have ever like, written an email and you put exclamation points? You know what it means? You're driving home a point. And he says, I will put flesh and muscles on, on you and cover you with skin and you will breathe, I, I will breathe into you and I will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. And so I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together, attached themselves with a complete skeleton. 
Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones and then skin uh, to cover their bodies and they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, O son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Power. Breathe into these bones, these dead bones, so that they may live. So I spoke a message as he commanded. Can you picture like Ezekiel? Like, listen, wait a minute. It's one thing to be told something. It's another thing with the power of God behind you. It's one thing to walk and to try to say, I'm about to change my sidewalk or I'm about to make a difference in this nation. But it's another thing when God's behind you and he's telling you and he's telling you. How many get excited about that? Now, I live in an Italian home, man. I was raised in an Italian home. There was nothing like a mama that would say, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, even if a father said you can't. There was something special every Saturday night. I know that we used to wrestle with, do we have to go to church? And my mother's like, yes, you have to go to church because God has something to tell you. I used to be like, what's he got to say now? Like, I've heard everything. I'm only like nine years old. I've heard everything. But I remember the power that came behind the actual anointing, the power that came behind the walk, the power that came behind the step. And once we took a step, uh, man, you got to get this. So Ezekiel's starting to get a little excited now, and he says this. He says, we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You know, if we would rise up, And we would start to look at the faces of the lost and say, listen, I don't care if you make fun of me. I don't care if you tease me. I don't care if you tell me what I can't say. This is what the sovereign Lord says. How many of you get tired of opinions? This is what I think. You know what I think? Listen, sometimes I think what we think stinks. If it doesn't line up to the word of God and what he says, then why are we speaking? You know, the Bible says we will be judged for every idle word. Oh, come on. It's not my word. That's the word of God. It's not my opinion. That's his word. And so this power starts to come because this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise up again. Then I will bring you back from the land of Israel. When this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord and I will put my spirit in you. Mm, I want that. And you will live again, and you will return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken! Exclamation point. Number one, Lord, cause me to rise up. If we have an outline, number one, Lord, cause me to rise I want you to say it with me. Lord, cause me to rise up. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, man, this is Sunday night. Come on, brother. This is Sunday night. We're faithful people. We're here. (laughs) We're saved. We're full of spirit of God. We are sanctified. We're holy. We came because the church doors are open and we're faithful people. But you know what? Sometimes we just don't rise up. Sometimes we sit down and we get to a place of complacency or comfortability. Listen, Lori and I served in this city as a youth pastor. We had a phenomenal youth ministry. It was time to go. And when I went to go, it broke my heart, but I knew God had a different calling. I didn't see it at first. I was like, Lord, are you serious? 
How many have ever been there? Breathe on me, breath on me. I said, God, I feel you spitting on me, but I don't hear nothing. Now don't judge me. You guys have been there. Cause me to rise up. Cause me to rise up right now in the misunderstanding, craziness, frustration. You want me to rise up? You want me to rise up in the midst of cancer and sickness, destruction, greed, family? Mm. My family, don't even let me. And you're causing me to rise up. But there's something that happens when you wait upon the Lord. There's something that happens when you're in that valley that's dry and desolate. The Bible says that though I walk through the valley of the shadow, isn't there a great progression of action? He didn't say, though I camp out and I start to cry. I hold a stalemate and I start to argue. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says there's action to what we have to do and we have to walk because walking is good exercise because you're getting your steps in. We have to get a place, Lord, sometimes we feel this way. We get in a spiritual rut. Has anybody in this room been honest enough to say you've been in a spiritual rut? Thank you, brother. Thank you. I got one. Okay, two. Maybe some don't know. Everything seems to be mechanical. We know how to read it. We know how to study it. We know how to say it. But the emotions every day become dry sometimes. So what do we do? How can we be revived again? The Bible says in verse 1, 2, it says, and the hand of the Lord was upon me. You know what? I think we need to start praying every day. I pray this. Lord, let the hand of you be upon me. Do you realize if we put the hand of the Lord on us that we will not make those same mistakes unless we allow our will to overtrump his will? He brought me out by the spirit of the Lord. See, the spirit of the Lord will bring you to the right place. The spirit of the Lord is the one that gives you the nugget, the tug, the movement, the the actual place to be, the spirit of the Lord. And he sent me in the middle of the valley. I can't can't believe this. Listen, I'm, I'm sitting down here and I'm thinking about this story and I'm thinking about how to deliver it, but I see this illustration of all these dry bones. I don't know about you, but I walk like sometimes a bull in a china closet. How many know what I'm talking about? You can hear your spouse get up at night. How many? Come on. Hey, this is Sunday night, man. We're Pentecostal. We can loosen up a little bit. You can start like getting into <laughs> we, we don't walk like, because like, it's like, mm, got to get that floor fixed. When I was a kid, every Saturday night, every Saturday night was pasta and meatball nights, making it, making it. Every Saturday night, my mother would make these homemade meatballs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She'd roll them up. You'd smell them, the garlic. Oh, marrons, gazadeche. I remember making them. They'd be baking. She'd put them on low. They'd be baking in the oven. And it was about 2 o'clock in the morning. I'd sneak downstairs, and I knew where every creek was. I knew where every part of the floor was. So I knew how to, like, stealth mode it. And I'd sneak up to the oven because I knew our oven had a little thing like... And I was like, man, I got to fix that in my mind. So I knew how to turn it and be like. And I'd take those tongs out and I'd go to get a meatball and I'd hear this. You touch one, I'm going to hurt you. I'd be like. (laughs) Right? How many know what I'm talking about? Three of you. Okay, it's cool. I know there's not many Italians in this all Dutch land. I know that. I've been told that many times, trust me, 16 years now, and it's like, oh, you're Italian, aren't you? It's like, hello, I'm not six foot. 
I don't have blue eyes and I'm not blonde. I got nothing. You're not from here, are you? Until I say when I find out where you live, it's going to get busy. <sighs> we try to sneak around like a picture Ezekiel trying to sneak around these bones, trying to get to a place where he didn't step. I'm, I'm kind of like a bull. Like I'd be like, <sighs> oh God, you want me to keep falling on you? Because there's a lot of stuff happening here. Like I'm breaking stuff as I'm walking, God. Those bones were in one place. Now it snapped because I walked on these dry bones. And what do I do, God? I can see Ezekiel trying to think in his mind like, can I stay right here while we talk because I'm breaking stuff. And the Lord starts to speak to him and says, don't worry about what's in your mind. Take each step with me. I'll show you who I am. See, in the midst that we think we're breaking stuff, we're not breaking stuff. We're breaking ground. <laughs> We're breaking broken hardness and we're setting the captive free. We're taking broken, broken people that are desperate, broken people that have dysfunction, broken people that are, that are disordered. There's things happening in life and God says, keep on walking because guess what? I'm with you. Keep on walking because the power of God's behind you. Keep on walking because you're going to prophesy. And I keep on walking and he keeps on prophesying. I keep prophesying and then he shows up. See, people who obey God and do what he asks are looked upon in this world as odd people. Let me tell you something. I don't mind being odd because I've seen odd and I look normal. Hello? We look normal because why? Because we're serving a king that's coming. We're serving a kingdom that has thrust. We're serving a kingdom. It's not my kingdom. It's thy kingdom. Thy will be done. See, God wanted to show up to this nation that became desolate. As you read through Ezekiel, you'll read words like desolate. You'll read death. You'll read, you'll be dry. You'll be... They did not have the things of God. They would not listen. It sounds a little bit like America today. We have to waken up because our America looks like this place, this valley. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Not everybody's preaching from the pulpit. But it's amazing. When I heard the inauguration, I'm not a political guy, but all I kept hearing is in God, in Jesus' name, in God, in Jesus' name. Come on, man. I'm thinking Donald Trump step into that place even as crazy as you are and the things you say but then Franklin Graham gets up and says here come the rain I was like look I felt at that moment I was in a restaurant a secular restaurant because they are it's not a Christian restaurant I know and the owner of the restaurant looks at me and says hey brother isn't that what you preach? I said, what is it? Yeah, the rain, the spirit of God. I've heard you say it. I've heard you in your mentorship meetings talk about the spirit of God, the reign of God, the power of God. And I'm like, Jay, you've been listening? I've been listening. Whatsoever you speak. In this valley, this picture of the world is with Israel scattered throughout. So let me keep on moving because I, I want to make sure I keep on my time so you can go to the super because we're not allowed to say it. But if that bowl becomes super, then we'll be all right. Can't get me on that one. I wonder what Ezekiel was thinking in the middle of God beginning to say this. Number two, Lord, we need your breath. There was an empowerment that God started to give Ezekiel when he said, oh, son of man, you call it. 
See, God is saying, will you quit waiting for Pastor Dwayne, Pastor Tom, Pastor, will you quit waiting for Pastor Bernie to call this? Will you just rise up and quit what you've been taught all these years to not offend people with the gospel of Jesus? See, I come from a place, we say it like it is. And some people are like, we just don't do that here. We're very careful. Well, I think we better be careful to proclaim the name of Jesus because there's going to be a couple crowns that will be taken out of your crown. A couple little jewels. I would have had this big thing. My wife, I thank God for my wife. My wife was one of the most wonderful people I've ever met in my life. 30 years in November. I've known her 32 and a half. I have never seen a woman that's worked so diligent, so hard, so powerful than my wife. She's not only truly my hero, she's my light in my darkness with Jesus. My wife doesn't mix words at the hospital when they're supposed to give a certain amount of the drug that you apply or the certain amount of love that you give and the NICU or PICU. She doesn't say, you know what, that's a little too much. She gives the direct what the orders are and she fulfills that because she's a nurse. Because if she doesn't, she won't be a nurse long. And I watch her when she comes home and I watch and I listen of the stories of triumph and sometimes the stories that just don't work out. And it helps me realize, God, what am I doing? Am I applying the right stuff? Am I giving the right words? Mike, am I saying the right things? Am I able to do the right things that God's called me to do? Or is it just about me so I look good and get another degree? God, I want to do your kingdom. I've watched people build their own kingdoms, and i watch people fall. I've been in ministry 31 years, traveling now all over this country as an evangelist, and I'm so honored now to be a part of this church because this is my family. And as I go out and I talk about the house, I talk about the house that God breathes over, that God gives anointing through, God gives desire and authority too. And as I talk about the house, I talk about his kingdom because that's the kingdom I want to talk about. And so it comes to verse nine, Lord, we need your breath. And it says, God told Ezekiel to prophesy more, calling on the wind. I believe that wind is the omnipresent of the Holy Spirit coming from everywhere to breathe the breath of life. Then he said, breathe. He said, son of man, say to it. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath. Breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied, I prophesied, I prophesied. And, I com- and he commanded me. He commanded me. And breath entered them. And they stood to life as a vast army. I'm thinking, oh, that must have been some great experience. You're in this valley. Many bones everywhere. Dry, you know, you're like, and all of a sudden, Ezekiel starts to prophesy, and there's a rattling. These bones, I'd be, I'd be like, say what, man? All these bones start to rattle, and it's like, mm, something about to happen. And all of a sudden, man, they start to come. Ankle bones connected to the shin bone, shin bones connected to the knee bone, knee bone connected to the hip bone. I mean, everything's happening. I have never done that before. I can't believe I just did that. Because this night might be Christian. I don't know, man. I'm just saying. Woo. 
I'll get home, my wife would be like, you lost your mind. I don't know what happened there, babe. I'm sorry. But it just like started happening, you know what I'm saying? And so all of a sudden, everything starts to become attached. All these bones come together and they become erect and bam, and then it becomes this, these, these vessels and these cells and all of a sudden there's nerves and there's muscle and then there's tissue and then there's flesh and then poof, ears, poof, eyes. All of a sudden, nose is like, bro, that's not yours, man. This is yours. This is, come on, man. Dude, why am I like that? You need a V8, dog. I'm just telling you, you need a show. And there it is. And stuff starts to happen. And all the phalanges start to take place. And everything starts to happen. And then all of a sudden, here's this mighty army of God, like. <laughs> Dude, I ain't feeling it. I ain't feeling it either. I'm just telling you. Well, look at, we're all back looking thousands. But there's nothing happening. Until Ezekiel starts to prophesy. You know what it looks like our culture today? There's a ton of people standing up saying nothing. Protesting about what? Their opinion. The man's been in office like two, about a week and a half, two weeks, all of a sudden he's starting to throw stuff down. People are like, I don't think that's right. I want to say, I don't think you're right protesting, not agreeing, where the Bible says, Christians, keep your mouth shut and pray for those in authority over you. I, I just don't get it. I don't get Facebook anymore. I read Christians that are saying things like, really, you call yourself a born-again Christian, you're talking smack like that? Oh, God help you. I'm just telling you, we live in a desolate land. We live in a dry land. Somebody's got to walk in. Somebody's got to start breathing the Holy Spirit on somebody. There's enough people spitting on people. It's about time we start saying something. How many have ever asked somebody a question? You've ever asked somebody a question? You're like, hey, listen, I need some advice. Can you give me some advice? And they look at you and they go like this. And you're sitting there like this. You should have popped an umbrella up there. It would have been great. No, wait a minute. How many know what I'm talking about? People just don't say anything, but they're spitting all over you. And they're thinking that they're giving you advice, but it's their advice. It's not spiritual advice. It's not biblical principle. It has nothing to do with God's word, what God's word says. And we live in this land we're getting spit on, but nobody's putting up the umbrella saying, shut up. Nobody is speaking and saying, listen, and I know we're here on a Sunday night and we're all saying that. I got that. That's why you're here. But are we really taking it into the marketplace? Are we really taking it into the place of influence? Are we really understanding that all we have to do is be like Ezekiel and call it? Oh, wind, come. Oh, wind, come. Pastor Ken, you and the team, would you please come? Oh, wind of God. Wind of God, would you come from the four corners? Would you breathe into us? Come on, somebody, breathe into us, God. Oh, Holy Spirit-driven, Holy Spirit-anointed, Holy Spirit-led, come, come, and fill this dry vessel. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of him saying this, they begin to scream and shout, because guess what? Now they're full of the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost come, and he starts to help them in the name. Woo! We're back, we're back, we're back. Let's do something. Yeah. Oh my goodness. 
I keep feeling this anointing of God that's in you, that's on you. He's calling you to be Ezekiel's man. He's calling you to rise up, church. So this is 2017. The last time I looked, we're already in the second month. I don't have to wait for a, a shadow of a groundhog in Pennsylvania to tell me how much more snow we got. I'm looking for the casting of the power of the Holy Spirit to shadow me in the name of God to say, we don't have six months to waste. We don't have six more weeks to waste because somebody's dying around us every day. Oh God, allow me as it did in Acts when Peter began to walk through the streets. Let my shadow, come on somebody, let my shadow cause somebody to wake up. Let my shadow cause somebody to walk. Thank you, Jesus. God has called us to be Ezekiel's. I'll finish with this story because we know what Joel said. Joel said the prophecy is your young men will have visions and your older men will have dream dreams. Oh God, I feel it right now. I have a biker friend from Rockford, big guy named Jim. Had a deep voice like this. Sometimes I wish I had a deep voice like it. But no, I sound like Jerry Lewis on something. How you doing? Good to see you. Hi, baby. God, how did I ever get cursed with this voice? Jim was telling me a story. He said he had a dream. And he was on this narrow path. And as he had this dream, what was happening was... He was breathing in the very gold dust. There was gold dust. There was like gold, and it was coming, and it was starting to come upon him. And, and as it was coming upon him, he was breathing it in, but out of his mouth was all of this black, coal-looking, asphalt-looking stuff. And, blah, and as the Spirit of God filled him, stuff kept coming out, and this stuff kept coming out. It was laying a path. It was laying a path towards this cross that he saw. And he says, as it was coming out of me, the Spirit of God was coming in me from the bottom all the way up, and I was, he was getting all the junk out of me. But my junk was laying a path towards the cross. Randy, I never looked back. I didn't have to look back because I knew what my stuff looked like. Ooh. I never had to look back because I knew that I was starting to prophesy, God was prophesying that he was going to use me and my life and my past for his destiny and kingdom. And he said, I laid a path. And as I was walking on the path and the gold was filling me and, and the Holy Spirit was filling me, people were crawling up on the back of the path. I could hear them crawling up and following me towards kingdom. I said, God, I want to be like that. You want to be like that. So I'm not going to ask you to bow your head, close your eyes, because I think it's done too many times. I don't know in whose place, who's saved, who's not saved. But you want to make it a super Sunday? This is your time. Maybe you've been running. Maybe you've been searching. You've been listening to preaching. You've been listening to stuff. Some things are in your mind. But I'm going to tell you right now, tonight could change the rest of your life. Tonight is the first night, first time, first step towards the rest of your life. If there's anybody here that's just the sound of my voice listening and you want to get something right with Jesus, you're like, I've never heard this. Like, I, somebody just called me and told me we're going to a super party. I didn't know we were going to come into this, man. Like, what time's the party? Well, let me say this to you. The party's starting right now. Because this decision will remain for the rest of your life. 
So if you're here just thinking about it, I'm going to ask you right now. No heads bowed, no eye closed. I want to bring you to a place. Prayer partners, would you come? We have prayer partners that will come and we'll pray for you. But I want you to stand up. I want you to take a bold stand. See, one thing I learned about Pastor Dwayne that I've always said in my life that I want to follow is in this church this size, he still has the greatest altar calls in the whole world. And people come. And then we take them on a journey that they discover the rest of their life and their purpose. And your purpose is tonight to stand and get yourself right with Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is here as Ezekiel. I've been breathing on you all night, the power of God. It's been coming from the four winds. You feel it. I want you to take a step. If you're here tonight, you're questioning. You're not saved. Tonight could be your night. Why don't you stand? One, two, three. Stand. Would you come meet me at this place? Come meet me. Come meet me. All of heaven's going to shake. Second thing is this. If you're not coming for salvation, we're all saved. But you're saying this. I want to begin to prophesy as Ezekiel prophesied. I want to be able to move in power. I've been holding back, man. I've been, I had crutches. I got rid of my crutches. I'm tired of my crutches. I want Jesus to do a new thing, man. I've been holding back. I don't care what my mom and dad say. I don't care what my kids say. It's time I rise up. If that's you, stand up right now and come. We want to just pray with you. Is there anybody? There you come. Come on. Come on. I want this. I want Ezekiel. I want Ezekiel life. I want Ezekiel. I want to be able to prophesy. I want to be able to breathe life. Come on, people. Come on. This, listen, this is God. Oh, I want some of this, man. I'm staying for some of this. Right now, you're here. Prayer partners are going to be praying with you. A couple minutes, you're going to go out that way. I believe it's that way. You're going to go out that way in a couple minutes, and they're going to pray over you, and they're going to pray. But I want to pray this prayer with you right now. If there's anybody else, you can come. You can come. Don't hesitate. Don't wait around. The reason I love an altar is because once somebody moves, it pricks something in your heart. You can do the same. Thank you, sweetheart. But I want to walk as Ezekiel. And I want to say, oh, sovereign Lord, only you know. And he says, Randy, call it. Jared, call it. I know who you are. I know who your family is. But I'm calling you such a time as this. Too bad about them. This is your generation. This is your time. They've done what they can do. The pillar's been set. Legacy's been in motion. you got to walk it, brother. Because you know what? God created you for such a time as this. You weren't created to be your dad or your mom. You're created right now. And so God has a purpose for you. So I want to pray this prayer. And then Pastor Ken's going to go back into worship for a couple more minutes. In fact, I'd like to do this. If everybody could just stand with me for the next couple of minutes. And you don't have to extend your arms because I know what it's like. I've been in church all my life. You'd be like, my arms are tired. Oh, my goodness. Then just get a little bit like this. Like, ah! Just put them like right here. And just do that. And if you can't raise your hands and your arms, don't get mad at me. Just look. I want to pray that God will empower us as we leave tonight and we start in our marketplace tomorrow, our place of employment tomorrow, our schools tomorrow, that we can take a step as Joshua chapter 1, Deuteronomy chapter 11, that every place we set our foot, God will put the terror and the fear of us in the whole land. Church, rise up. Rise up. 
Father God, tonight, I pray over our friends. God, the empowerment, the authority. God, let the four winds call right now. Blow your Holy Spirit in this place. Give the anointing of your breath right now. God, let us feel it right now. Let us love it right now. Let us live in it right now. And God, as you're doing what you're doing right now, flow in us. God, flow. Come on, church. Flow in us. God, fill us. God, empower us. God, enable us. God, help us that we can call it like Ezekiel called it. We can do greater works than Ezekiel has done. God, for this is our time. Oh, church, you got to believe it. In the midst of your storm, in the midst of your sickness, in the midst of your cancer, you have nothing else to do but call upon the name of the Lord. So empower us. I praise you, God. I thank you, God. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.